Welcome, one and all. Ladies and gentlemen, Arsenal fans, hopefully. Manchester United fans, eh, no. Chelsea fans, no. Tottenham fans, you're definitely not allowed anywhere near this podcast. Liverpool fans, no. Uh, Actually, you know what? If you're not an Arsenal fan, just get out and don't listen to this because I don't really care about your opinion. So, no, I'm just kidding. Welcome, everybody. I don't care who you support. Appreciate you for listening. Not everybody can be perfect and support Arsenal, but welcome to the Arsenal Cannon Podcast Experience. If this is your first time coming along the journey, we get a little crazy. We get a little bit... What's a synonym for crazy? Let's see. We get a little bit... Uh, we get a little, we get a little wacky around here. And by we, I mean me, myself talking to my phone in my house alone, because if other people were here, they'd be looking at me like I'm a complete, I'm a, I'm I'm a complete dunce, but guess what? I am alone in here. So I could talk to you about our game against Everton. We won and kept a clean sheet, dude. What is going on? Oh my gosh, I can't believe it. Can you? Probably not. Petr Cech played in goal, played the game of his life. The 37-year-old veteran goalkeeper was fantastic. And wow, man, I'm just so happy Arsenal won a game. I mean, we I mean, we've won 5 in a row, so you know, we're obviously going to win the league, but no, I'm just kidding. But we yeah, you know, we won, we won 5 in a row now. We kept our first clean sheet of the season. I'm really happy. And you know, this this podcast is basically just going to be about you know, a, uh, a post-game analysis of the Everton game. And then we're going to talk a little bit about the upcoming game on Wednesday against Brentford. That one should be interesting, uh, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. But without further ado, let's talk about the Everton game. Um, first half, let's, let's, let's assess that first. Wow, we were awful. We were terrible. We were being tormented by Richarlison. And well, actually, you know what? You know what? I'm going to say this. I thought Richarlison wasn't great in the game, and he was probably he was one of them that I wrote down to watch in this game. And I thought he was really underwhelming. I don't think he was anything special. However, on the other on the other wing, Mr. Theo Walcott, our former boy, was flipping fantastic, and he was just roasting Monreal that entire first half. Monreal was thankfully better in the second half, but yet that entire first half. Uh, you know, Mr. Consistent was just being absolutely roasted by Theo Walcott's speed. But, you know, I, I mean, at the end of the day, they could not, they couldn't finish their chances. And that's the most important thing, not only in the Premier League, but in every league in the world. And, yeah, they were torching us in the first half. But they didn't put any balls in the back of the net, so it's completely irrelevant. You look at Calvert-Lewin's chance in the third minute of the game. How on earth he did not put that away as a professional footballer is beyond me. If you would have given that chance, for example, if you would have given that chance to Lacazette, Aubameyang, maybe even guys on our team that aren't strikers like Aaron Ramsey, Mesut Ozil, they would have put it away. And he didn't put it away, so that's why Everton lost. So the first half was really was really one to forget for Arsenal. We were not anything special, and we were bad. Um, Socrates got injured in the first half. Rob Holding came on for him. I hope it's not anything serious for Socrates because he has probably been one of our best players this season and has undoubtedly been our best defender. So, despite the first half being abysmal, the second half 
we were brilliant. I really thought we were brilliant. We took a complete we took complete control of the game, apart from maybe the last 10 minutes or so when Everton were just throwing balls forward to try to get a goal, and we just kind of had everyone back trying to keep a clean sheet. I mean, other than that, in the second half, I thought we were head and shoulders above uh, the opposition. We were 10 times better than Everton, and it started off with... Actually, you know what, though? The second half, I will say... The second half started with Everton still dominating us. And I got really scared because Everton's high press was absolutely fantastic. And I just want to give a little shout-out to Mr. Marco Silva, who's 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 managing Everton at the moment. He's a great coach. He really is a great coach, you know. And coming from Watford, obviously, the time, his time towards the end at Watford was not very good because he clearly got unsettled by uh, the rumors linking him with a move to Everton but you know he really is a great manager you know and and I think with him at the helm Everton actually have a really good chance of finishing in the top six if they just they, they just have to get better results and they have to finish chances better but anyway I don't care about Everton and I don't even care about Marco Silva but we got a counter-attack we we started to get some more counter-attacks and then the counter-attack that led to the Lacazette goal whoo my days that was fantastic. The finish from Lacazette, Thierry Henry-esque, just smashing it into the top right corner. I mean, that I, you you look at the angle that he had at the goal. That is like a striker, a right-footed striker's dream to have that angle. And it was just beautiful accuracy. And he just, I think he actually smashed it in off the post. It was a really good finish from the Frenchman. And then three minutes later, his... his uh, is it Gabonian or Gabon? Well, I, I don't know. I'm sure someone will tell me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Gabonian because it sounds way cooler. His Gabonian brethren, Mr. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, um, managed to put a goal on as well in the 59th minute. So those two goals really just kind of put us over the edge. Uh, about Aubameyang's goal, Ozil was basically one-on-one with the keeper. He tried to pass it to Ramsey. It was a terrible pass from Ozil. And Ramsey couldn't control the ball. But thankfully, Aubameyang was right behind him in an offsides position. And he put it in the back of the net. How the referee did not see that that chance was offsides is beyond me. He needs to go to he needs to go to Eyeglass World or Spec Savers or something because Jiminy Christmas, that was a that was a mile, or for the English listeners, a kilometer offsides. Or actually, you know what? Miles bigger than a kilometer. Kilometer. This isn't a science class, but I'm really, I just puzzled myself. I just realized I've been saying probably all over Twitter, oh, he's a mile off sides. And a lot of my English followers are like, what are you on about? How far is a mile? Is a mile farther than a kilometer? Well, yes, my British brother, a mile is farther than than a kilometer because our country is bigger than yours. And don't ever forget. No, I'm just kidding. You guys are better than us at pretty much everything. So I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about, honestly. And just if I go, ignore me. Ignore me. Anyway, um, yeah. So basically, Aubameyang scored an offsides goal, and you know what? I'm. I'll tell you what, though. I'm getting tired. I'm getting. I'm getting flipping tired of people saying, "I know he's offsides. How to go that goal? What's going on, though? They got an agenda. They want Arsenal to win. They're the money makers of the Premier League." It's like, dude, shut your mouth. 
Because I'll tell you what, we should have had two penalties in that game that we were just completely denied of. And every time an Everton player went down to ground, the ref's like, oh, yep, that's a foul. Foul against Arsenal. Yep, undoubtedly. You know, and oh my goodness, though. I got to say about Everton, (coughs) I respect them. They're a big club. But chimney Christmas, they dive all over the place. And then they, then they, then they throw in extremely aggressive challenges just, and then they get, they cry like little wimps when you tackle them. It's like, get over yourselves, you little babies. But yeah, just don't, just, I'm, I mean, the ref should have solved his offsides. Yeah. But also we should have had two penalties in the game. So I don't want to hear it. Shut your mouth and you'll get over it because I'm sure your team will probably get a decision next week or something. But I mean, let's, uh, that's, that's pretty much all that happened in the game. I mean, the first half was like a snooze fest. It was so boring. But, I mean, the second half, we really picked it up and, and we played a lot better in, in spurts of the second half. But then really at the beginning of the second half and at the end of the second half and the entire entirety of the first half, Everton were the better side. So, honestly, Everton probably deserved to win. But the reason they didn't win was because of our helmeted god if you like, Mr. Petter Check, And that's a great segue to the player ratings. I mean, let, uh, yeah, let's get right into it. Petr Cech was amazing. Clearly man of the match for me. If you don't give Petr Cech man of the match, drop your agenda. I'm getting tired of your crap because you played well. He was excellent. He was the only reason we won that game yesterday. And I will give Petr Cech a 9 out of 10. I thought he was excellent yesterday. Um, moving over to the left back position, Mr. Nacho Monreal. Tale of two halves for Mr. Uh, well, actually, you know what? Captain consistent. Let's go ahead and call him that. Let's not forget. It, this man is a captain now. A tale of two halves for captain consistent because the first half, I thought he was abysmal. He was being roasted the entirety of the first half by Theo Walcott. But then the second half, he really picked it up. Walcott wasn't really that much of a threat in the second half. And then, especially when Walcott ended up coming off, I think it was in around the 70th minute or so, Monreal really just kind of said, yeah, you know, I'm all good now. We're good. Everything's going to be okay. And, yeah, tail of two halves. So, first half terrible, second half good. (coughs) I'll give a 6 out of 10 to Mr. Nacho Monreal. Uh, Moving over to the center back, I'll I'll start off with Socrates because he did play for the first half hour. I thought he was good when he was on. But, you know, he, he did get injured in the half-hour mark or so. And, you, you know, let's hope it's nothing serious because he's not only been one of our best players this season, he's also been one of our best, um, if not one of our best, probably our best defender. So, yeah, but I would, I mean, I, I just really hope it's nothing serious. You know, he is a bit older and... I mean, the fact that he's been playing, he's played every game this season for the Gunners. So we're just going to have to kind of get used to the fact that this guy, you know, he he's a great player still, but he's 30 years old. He's not going to be able to play every game. But anyway, that's, that's something we'll talk about a different time. I'll give a 6 out of 10 to Mr. Socrates. <coughs> uh, holding coming on later in the first half for him and also played the entirety of the second half. I thought he did, I thought he was good when he when he came on actually and I'll give him a 7 out of 10. I thought he was solid and he really I think that was kind of him telling Emery, "Yeah, you know what? You give me some more chances, you know, when the Europa League comes around, I want to be playing. When this game against Brentford comes up, which I'm going to talk about later, I he I want him to be playing and and he's one of our most promising center backs at the club. Um 
moving over to the other center back, Squadron Mustafi, I thought was okay in the game. Same thing as Monreal, you know, really tail of two halves. I thought he was pretty poor in the first half, but then when the second half came around, he improved. I give him a 6 out of 10, just like I did Nacho Monreal. Moving over to the right back, Hector Bellerin, I thought was actually good on the day. Started off the season really rough, but it seems as though he's starting to to find his feet a little bit under Unai Emery. His positioning's getting better. He's great going forward. We just, again, need to work on him a little bit defensively. But I will say this about Hector Bellerin. I think me, myself, and almost every single Arsenal fan going into this game was absolutely petrified of Richarlison. But was he really a threat yesterday? No. So you know what? Bellerin did his job well. And for that reason, I'm going to give him, besides Czech, I'm going to give him the highest rate out of the defensive department at Arsenal. I'm going to give him a 7 out of 10. So relatively good performances for the entirety of the back line. Holding and Bellerin really, <coughs> excuse me, Holding and Bellerin really I thought were the best uh, defenders in the game though. And then Petr Cech, just man of the match for me. Uh, moving up to the midfield, Granit Xhaka and Lucas Torreira. Uh, mm, I thought Torreira played well. And you know what, actually I thought Xhaka played well. <coughs> excuse me, wow, I got a dry throat. Give me one second, I'm gonna take a drink of water. I mean, I thought, I thought Torreira took charge of the game really well, actually, and and I think he showed Unai Emery why he needs to be playing, and you know just him in the side makes every player look better, and especially Granit Xhaka. So I give I'll give Torreira I'll give to hmm. I'll give him a seven and a half because I don't think he was quite an eight, but I also don't think I don't think he was quite a seven either. So I'll give him a seven and a half. Uh, moving over to Granite Jack, I thought he played well because he wasn't expected to do crap that he's not supposed to do. I mean, honestly, how many times do people have to say it? The guy's not a defensive midfielder. Sorry, he's not. He's a deep-lying creative midfielder that can play a long ball, and just because he's a big guy, people think he's a defensive mid. Sorry, Chief, he's not. So I thought he played well. Having Lucas Torreira next to him is definitely helpful to him and definitely lets him play the way that he wants to play. I will give Granit Xhaka a 7 out of 10. Torreira was just a little bit better, but both of them, the pair of them, I thought played really well yesterday. Um, moving over to the, moving up to that front three just behind the striker. Start with Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. I thought, was, I thought he was okay. Um, I, I do want to see him move a little bit closer to Lacazette, though, because I think that we're not quite getting the best out of him, you know, pushed all the way out onto that wing. He definitely has the pace to play a winger, but his finishing is just a little too good to be pushed all the way out to the wing. Um, Aaron Ramsey playing in the number 10. He got two assists on the day. And I'll tell you what, this is, this may be a little bit of a uh, unpopular opinion, but you know what? I don't think he was that great. I thought both of the assists, the assist to Lacazette was an assist, right? <clears throat> but the assist to Aubameyang, I don't even know if you could call that an assist. It was a sloppy pass from Ozil, and then Ramsey had a bad touch, so it fell right to Aubameyang. I don't think you could call that an assist. So I give him a six out of ten. I don't think he was. I don't think he was great. And honestly, I, I, I think he just completely discombobulates the balance of the side. I'd like to see an Alex Awobi in there instead of him. Maybe I'd like. This is what I'd like to see, and I'll talk about it on the next podcast for the. Now, I don't want to see this against Brentford, but I do want to see this in our next league game. I'd like to see Aubameyang on the left, but move a little bit closer to, to Lacazette playing as a striker. I'd like to see Ozil playing as a number 10, because I think if you're going to play Ozil, which they're going to because he's the highest paid player at the team, 
and he's really got kind of our superstar, play him in his right position. He's essentially useless playing on the wing. So play him as the number 10. He clearly prefers to play there. And then you'll get the best out of Ozil. And then I'd like to see Alex Iwobi playing on the right because I'll tell you what, I think he did more in that little 10 to 20 minute cameo than Aaron Ramsey did the entirety of the game. So I'd like to see <coughs> I'd like to see Iwobi get a start. And then I'd like to see Ozil playing on playing in the number 10 position. Um Ozil, eh, he wasn't great either though. And I think that just comes from him being forced out onto the right. You know, you look at it. This basically the issue with playing two number tens, and I actually just dropped a an, an article about this on Pain in the Arsenal, so be sure to check it out. But the issue with playing two number tens is they both want to be in the middle. So what happens with that is that we have absolutely no width whatsoever. And Ozil, who primarily is supposed to be deployed on the right-hand side, and Ramsey, who's supposed to be played on the number 10, well, they both try to go into the middle, and then that just leaves Hector Bellerin completely exposed. And then that, that causes Bellerin to, to get slagged off, and people say, oh, he's a terrible defender, when in reality, he just doesn't have anyone protecting him, and the person in front of him doesn't have a great work ethic, because even Aubameyang, you look at, the guy's a striker, you know, but he's being played out on the left-hand side, so he knows he has to come back and track back defensively. And if he doesn't, well, guess what? Lacazette does. <coughs> so I think if you're going to play, if you're going to play Ramsey and Ozil and the same team, you're going to have to try to find a different way to do it. Um, so I, I give Ozil a 6 out of 10. I don't know if I said that already, but I give Ozil a 6 out of 10. Um, moving up to Lacazette, I thought he changed the game with that finish. I thought he played really, I thought he played well besides the finish as well, you know. A lot of good hold-up play and things like that. And then the finish was just fantastic. Really changed the game. I will give him an 8 out of 10. That's pretty much all I have to talk about in terms of our victory over Everton. But for the last couple minutes of this podcast, I'm going to talk about the upcoming game against Brentford. I'm going to say who I think will be the lineup, but honestly, I'll probably have it completely wrong. Um, but but we'll see. We'll see. Um, playing as a goalkeeper, I'd expect to see Bern Leno. A lot of people are saying possibly Emiliano Martinez, but I think that Bern Leno hasn't had a real test yet, and I think playing him against Brentford would definitely give him a test. Um, I think we're going to play the typical 4-2-3-1, so starting off with a left back, I don't think Monreal is going to play, but the question is who would go there. Is Maitland-Niles or Kalashinac going to be ready? Probably not. And if they're not ready, then Monreal is probably going to have to play, and that concerns me because he has a pretty bad history with injuries. He's he's a bit older, so Monreal will probably – actually, you know what? Yeah, Monreal will probably actually end up playing, and that, that, that does concern me, and it probably concerns a lot of Arsenal fans as well. In terms of the center-back pairing – I expect Socrates to definitely be given a rest and Mustafi to be, get, to be given a rest as well. And I think it'll probably be holding in Mavropanos, you know, playing in the center back positions. This is a game where I think we would see Chambers in the past, but obviously now that he's on loan, that's not going to happen. So I'm going to predict holding next to Mavropanos or Mavropanos, however you want to say it, as the center backs. Then moving over to the right back position, I think Bellerin will be rested for this game and Stefan Lichsteiner will come in. Uh, moving up to the 
to the uh, midfield too, just in front of the back line and just behind the attacking midfielders. I'm going to go with Matteo Guendouzi and Mohamed Elneny. I think Jaka and Torreira also will be given a rest. They both busted their asses against um, Everton, so they deserve the rest that they're going to get. And, you know, Guendouzi, he hasn't been in bad form, but we just want to see Torreira and Jaka a little bit more because I think that's the midfield pivot that is expected at Arsenal as of right now. So midfield two going to be Guendouzi and Mohamed Elneny. The front three just behind the striker in that game. I think you're going to see Alex Awobi given a start over on the left-hand side. Um, in terms of the number 10 position, ooh, that's difficult. I wouldn't be surprised to maybe see a Joe Willett come into the number 10 position. I know he's actually supposed to be a center mid, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Joe Willock playing there. Um, over on the right-hand side, I think we're going to see Danny Welbeck. Um, he hasn't been in horrible form. Actually, no, 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 wait. You know what? Take out Joe Willock. I think Henrik Mkhitaryan's going to play there. I forgot about that. I think Mkhitaryan will play there. I think the injury he got recently was very minor, and I expect to see him come into the starting lineup. Forgot about him for a second. Uh, moving over to the right side, though, I think we are going to see Danny Welbeck. I don't think Unai Emery views Welbeck as a striker, but I think he does view him as a valuable asset moving forward. And then playing as a striker, I think we will see Mr. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. And I think the evidence... I, and honestly, maybe we won't. But it could. I think it'll be either Aubameyang or Lacazette. I'm going to go with Aubameyang because he came off in the 60th minute against Everton, so I'd expect him to be playing in this game against Brentford. Lacazette had the full 90, but also didn't play in the Europa League game. So it's also possible we could see Lacazette playing as a striker, but I think Unai Emery will go with one of the big boys, one of his top goal scorers playing up front, because he does want to probably give a challenge for this title, because it's one of the few titles I think that Arsenal have a realistic chance of winning this season. Um... In terms of the result, I, I hope that we get a good result. I do want to... Actually, I wouldn't mind winning this trophy, you know. I want to win a trophy this season. We were trophyless uh, We were trophyless last year, so I'd like to see us mount a challenge for this trophy, and I think we have a really good chance of doing it. And whether that be with our youth or our first team, only time will tell. So I'm going to predict a 2-1 victory to Arsenal. I think Aubameyang is going to play in this game, and I think he'll score both of our goals. And then... Honestly, I don't even think Brentford will score. I think I think they'll get an own goal, and I think it'll be someone weird like Lichsteiner. Like, it'll just be a cross in the box. He'll be trying to get rid of it, and he'll just head it past Burn Leno. But that's my prediction for the game against Brentford coming up on Wednesday. I'll see you guys after the game. We'll talk about that a little, and we'll talk about our next league game in details because I didn't even mention it today, but I did that on purpose just to keep you guys on the edge of your seat. But I appreciate y'all for listening, and be sure to follow me on Twitter. It's at Daniel underscore Finton. Uh, subscribe to me on YouTube. It's going to be Dan Izzle. You can find this podcast everywhere that you listen to podcasts, whether it be Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcast, whatever. It's there. Give it a listen. I'm trying to find a way to put this onto YouTube, but it's just very difficult. And yeah, that is all I have for you today. The show is over. Why are you still here? Go home. Go do some homework. Go to work. Go spend time with your family. Call your mother. She misses you. That's all I got for today. Uh, Thank you all for tuning in, and I will see you all after the hopeful win against Brentford. Cheers. Adios.